0: Stories, Fables, Ghostly Tales. Welcome friends to your Friday episode. Oh yes, the end of the week. If you like pixies, brownies, vampires, the Fae, and spirits from all over the world, then you've come to the right place because it's Fae and Spirit Friday. Every Friday I go over select spirits from other realms all over the world. Talk about them, their attributes, their history, what they are, what they do, and then assign attributes of strength, endurance, intelligence, spirit power, and warding. Then, lastly, I go through how threatening they are and whether us puny little humans could take them on. Now, let's get straight to it. Our first spirit is Abchanchu, pronounced Ab Chan Chu. There are no alternative titles, and the type or class of spirit is a vampire spirit. About. So what are these creatures? Well, let's say you're walking down the street and you see an old, feeble man hobbling around, slightly cloaked and walking at a slow but oddly erratic way. And you think, mate, is this fella alright? Has he drunk a few? Has he flipped his lid and is about to cock it on the side of the road? So you start thinking... I'll help this poor guy out. Before he stumbles over his own feet and face plants on the nearest curb. Well, that's exactly what us good Samaritans would be expected to do for a poor old fogey. Just derping around on his own two wobbly feet. It's when you get close, when you get within reaching distance, that the Abchanchu strikes. For you see, my lovely, kind-hearted listeners, it's the Abchanchu's darkest ploy that you get within striking distance so that it can wrap its long and bony hands around you, pierce your neck, and suck out your juicy blood. And that's just one way they attack. There are other stories about how the Abchanchu will act lost, distressed, or even talk to their prey by asking for a place to sleep, or helping them find their own home. Again, closing that gap between you and it, one word and one step at a time. There are also times when they guide you to their home, welcome you into their own living space to lure you in with rewards or something tangible. But again, it's a ruse. With the promise of a warm meal, the only warm meal will be you and your neck. Now, should you be strong enough, or quick enough rather, to only escape with a bite, a nibble, as it were, you're still out of luck, friends. Oh yeah because a simple bite from the Abchanchu is enough to infect you with a fatal disease that ravages their own body, and one that acts so fast that you'll be dead by morning. For those that were observant enough to spot these spirits of darkness and know what they are, having watched victims be trawled away and led to their doom, not without trying to warn them, of course, initially, but during their altercations they notice something about these spirits, that they have high-class attire, rich clothing, which is embroidered in silver or gold, makes me wonder where these vampire spirits come from. Now there is a way to protect yourself from the abchanchu, an amulet with a single drop of garlic oil. Yep. If I knew the abchanchu were populating my town, I'd cover every piece of clothing I had in one drop of garlic. i would be a walking salad with garlic vinaigrette. There's information as well regarding garlic flowers that also keep the abchanchu at bay. But there's a whole array of other things that will stay away from you when you smell like a herb shop. Like family and friends. Also, unlike the standard vampire, these old, folky, blood-sucking tricksters don't need permission to enter your house, known to tap and scratch on the windows of their victims before entering into the house to siphon your blood away. Talk about the ultimate creeper. Gosh. Locations. The highland plateaus of Bolivia spotted in caves when not scouting towns for their next victim. They inherently hang around villages in mountainous regions, killing people in towns where it would be difficult to track or prove such a spirit like them existed. Danger Ratings. Strength 3. They require stealth to prepare their attack, and simply attacking a person directly isn't their chosen path to getting their next meal. So I'm placing their physical strength at a lowish level in that, yes, they don't directly attack you unless they have to, but should they grab you, there's no accounts of people escaping. I was going to give them a 2, so 3 is quite high, but the reason why I've given it a 3 is that even if you do escape them with nothing but a nick or scratch, well, you die anyway. The fact that they are both stealth and disease-based in their attack cranks up how much of a physical threat they are. Simply being scratched by one of these old codgers? will have you on your deathbed. Albeit relatively easy to dodge and get away from them. Intelligence 2. Extremely cunning and can easily get under the defensive armor of us humans by appealing to us on the one aspect of itself that is lacking. Humanity. People are happy to help the elderly, those struggling or appear in need. The Abchanchu is cunning enough to lure, manipulate and strike at us just at the right time and in the right way to get to us where we're at our weakest. Won't affect everyone, of course, those hearts of stone out there. And in its own right, this spirit is certainly an allegory for stranger danger. So if someone is particularly on edge or aware of strangers at night, then the abchanchu has no chance. Endurance one, deceptively tough, but nothing out of the ordinary. A creature like this, feeding off the life-force of others, would have to endure a life without constant sustenance themselves, yet have the strength to endure the struggles and pullaways of its victims. I wouldn't place them higher than a human, really, and a solid blow to the head should take this spirit down. For how long, though, that's left to be determined, and there's no sort of evidence that stipulates how hardy these guys are. Being old and frail could just be an illusion, a disguise for what really lays underneath. Spirit power 1. The abchanchu doesn't have any attributes that would suggest that it can charm or cajole us humans, as there's not sufficient information on using magic in any form to trap or ensnare us. So spirit power is kept at 1 as a result. Basically a human level. Warding negative 3. This is the first spirit to have a negative that I've gone through. And oh yeah, we can have negatives, The warding aspect of this spirit is negative three, because the ingredient used to keep these creatures away, and most of your friends too, is garlic oil. Readily accessible and easy to find. The creature will legitimately not be able to go near you, and is completely neutralized. So warding is actually its greatest weakness, and effectively lowers the threat level significantly. Overall threat level, out of 25, is four. So very low to low. Lastly, would a human be able to take it on? Yeah, a human could definitely take this spirit on. In fact, you know, wearing garlic vinaigrette and turning oneself into a salad will neutralize this old vampiric fogey anytime. It just means being on your guard and ensuring that strange old people hobbling and wobbling down the street are left to their own devices. Our second spirit today is Abiku, pronounced Ab-Ik-U. Alternate titles, no other names, but often mixed up with other spirits, namely Ogbanji, and we'll cover that one later. Class and type, disease slash vampire spirit. About this spirit, the word Abiku stands for predestined for death. Abi means that which possesses and Ikku means death. The Abi Ikku are vampire spirits that feed off the essence of children, the youth and fetuses. Yeesh. The Yorubas, a sub-Saharan African ethnic group, believe that the spirits are mostly children in nature, believe that the spirits hunt mostly children and specifically those under the age of five, inhabiting those youth that are born of this world and are fated to only stay temporarily. They basically condemn a child to death, bringing pain to their family through illness or disease and eventually return to the land of the spirits in their death to only repeat the entire cycle again but the spirit doesn't just target children and inhabit them it's a vampiric spirit that absorbs all life force with the sole goal to kill anything living spreading famine and illness throughout the land the abiku is one of the most malicious and cruel spirits in that they target children within the community mostly, corrupting their spirit and leading to a parasitic entropy, derailing that child's fate completely. I don't think I've ever come across a spirit as insidious as this one just yet. In saying that, the abiku that do inhabit the souls of children describe these children to be both in our world and the next world, doomed to die, be reborn and die again, at the beck and call of the abiku A horrible cycle, yet an endless feast for the Abiku spirit, who are endlessly hungry. They are blamed for infant death, miscarriages, stillbirths, and repeated death within a family or community. And the really strange aspect of Abikus are that the more you cherish the child, the more love, compliments, and pamper that child, the quicker they will pass. There are stories where the Abiku spirit can even detect children in the womb, driving the soul out of the child and taking on the physical form of the would-be child to only consume the parent's and child's fate line. So remember when I was talking about derailing? Yeah, they consume their love, their wealth, and futures. These spirits are some serious parasites and derail lives across multiple existences. Yeah, truly terrifying. Although these spirits are never called upon directly, or asked to be summoned, because generally they are unruly and chaotic, there's information on the abiku being used as a curse. Now shamans would use this monster of spirits to hex a person, family or community, but the cost to call upon this spirit, to enact this degree of damage, would be astronomical. The shaman would need to sacrifice something very, very dear. A part of them, perhaps, or perhaps their own lives in the process. A kind of revenge spirit that will continue to kill and haunt children within the village. It won't just stop at those that they've been asked to feast off of. No, they'll just keep going and going and going. Till another shaman exercising the same kind of sacrifice to put it back in its place. But should you ever suspect the Abiku to haunt your family, or feel that there is some spirit lurking around the presence of an infant or child of the Abiku in nature, and you're not able to determine what it could be, there are ways to push them away, deter them, ward them off, or protect yourself. The first and foremost is Iron. <coughs> Using iron to create a cage of protection around the family, the Abiku are unable to venture into that space. And the natural protecting of iron as a material itself repels the abiku. Interesting link between the fei and the abiku, both being spirits and both being affected by iron. The second protective step is a blessed amulet by a shaman that can conjure the presence of a more powerful spirit into the ornament to protect the family or child. And lastly, but surely not least, summon a guardian spirit over the house by using a shaman to do so. Guardian spirits, nowhere near as aggressive, but they absolutely loathe the presence of such a negative spirit around them. Bringing those guardian spirits into the vicinity of such a negative spirit will force the abiku to literally run and hide, or pop right back into its own realm. Locations. Yoruba, West Africa, namely Nigeria. Known to inhabit or linger around spirit locations where the baobab trees grow, waiting for passers-by, namely pregnant women, to latch onto them and drain their spirit energy or inhabit the fetuses. Danger Rating Strength 0 These spirits do not possess any physical properties themselves and represent themselves solely as a non-physical entity that requires another being to inhabit to bring themselves into existence to our physical realm. They don't possess any strength as a result, due to their inability to influence our world physically in any way. Intelligence 1 Standard intelligence but mainly working on intuition and spirit energy desires. They do not plan or communicate to humans, but are able to determine when a human is vulnerable or when they're able to be consumed based on environment and accessibility to that human. They also have a minor connection to the spirit world but treat it as their playground rather than as a realm with rules or a means to communicate to other spirits they pop in and out whenever they feel like it which is why the children that the abiku possess die and so often endurance zero they do not possess a physical body themselves and as such their endurance can't be measured in that way these spirits also continue to live on endlessly over and over so this you would not suit the Ibiku as a realistic property with an integer value. Spirit power. Four. One of the most dangerous spiritual creatures out there when it comes to using its spirit power to consume, kill, and destroy other spirits and people. The fact that they live inside the child's soul or consume the child completely, rendering them soulless, is off the charts dangerous. In fact, they consume youth's life essence for fun. With accounts documenting that they enjoy feasting on young energy to only get bored, return to their spirit world, spend time there to only then, at a whim, return to our world, absorbing the soul of another child. Truly terrifying, mates. Like some kind of merry-go-round of souls when they come over to Earth, hopping on and off whenever it suits them. Warding Negative 3 Although extremely dangerous, don't get me wrong, the abiku can be warded off with three types of warding materials, iron, blessed amulets, or stronger spirits. This really renders them useless, unable to attack, or take over the bodies of children or the youth in the area. That's not to say they aren't dangerous, oh <laughs> no. It just means there's a very clear-cut means at removing them as a threat, and warding is their greatest weakness. Not to mention they are considered a relatively immature spirit, despite their crazy strength, and that they get bored very, very easily. Threat level? 2 out of 25. Very, very low. Lastly, would a human be able to take it on? No. They are deadly and lead to devastating outcomes with regards to children and the youth. There are Nigerian research documents regarding the belief in the Abiku by the Yoruba that outline the Abiku as being responsible for all child deaths that are under 5, with 57% of mothers believing that they have Abiku children, and of those, 83.2% reported their children dying in that manner. The only saving grace for us in modern-day society is that we are surrounded by iron, and we have access to iron in some capacity all around us. For the Yoruba, the use of traditional shaman healers were required to banish these abiku, making them even more difficult to handle. The threat, though, overall is considered low when all aspects are considered, but that isn't to say that a human can take them on in a traditional sense. The abiku are still extremely dangerous. And our next spirit is Abiona, pronounced Abe-O-Na. Alternate titles or names... Abiona Mons, with Abiona normally linked to her sister spirit, Adiona. Class or type, Goddess Spirit. About this goddess, the goddess of departure and travel, and protector of children. Also, cool bit of information, the planet Venus has a mountain on its surface named after her. Abiona is known to look after children and also teach them to walk. Considered the goddess of Roman mothers and all their children, Abiona is a spirit of fate, and a guide to all those that seek or petition her services. Now, it's not like you asked for her help to open the door to your house and walk outside saying, Oi, Abiona mate, can you help me cross this treacherous road? It's slightly muddy so I'll need some help. Abiona actually needs to be called upon in a specific way. You can reach her by creating a sacred space that has various imagery and iconography of roads, pathways, maps, and essentially anything to do with travel. Then calling upon her with a basic ornamental talisman asking her for help. Abiona can also read your intentions, and will not assist you nor harm you for that matter, should you request her help disingenuously. Now travel and departure are within her realm, and in the broadest sense. So what I mean is travelling to a location also relates to entering a domain and departure and departure meaning leaving a domain. That means Abiona is also a guardian of those that are, per se, entering the military, leaving a job, moving house, traveling overseas in a plane, passing your bag of chips to your mate that you know will just drop it and scatter those lovely fries on the ground. Okay, the last one. Abiona is not responsible for, but totally explains why that happens every now and then. There's no spirit that I know of yet that specifically handles that task. Silliness aside, Abiona represents change and the movement of one traveling state to another, including death. There are details on Abiona looking over children in comas, where their souls are said to be departed or departing, or situations that are really personal, where someone who was a friend previously has stopped visiting you or vice versa, where their friendship has dwindled and left from both of you. And you can see, as far as spirits go, Ebiona has a huge breadth of responsibility, and her ability to cater across multiple planes of existence makes it even more spiritually spectacular. Locations. Italy Pre-Roman Origins. Danger Rating. Strength. Zero. Completely non physical, and unable to directly influence humans by touch or feel. Unable to attack, nor is this spirit aligned to be aggressive. That being said, even if it was, Abiona would not be able to land a single blow. Intelligence 5. Highly connected to the spirit world, literally moving fate lines, adjusting people's futures, and organizing the universal fates in conjunction with other spirits, such as her sister. Adiona has the ability of omnipotence and omnipresence, knowing all, and being everywhere at once. A benevolent goddess spirit that shapes the universe from one millisecond to the next. Sort of a secret Santa for travelers. Endurance Zero. Non-physical in nature, and a goddess spirit in essence. No amount of physical harm could lead Abiona to perish in any way. Spirit Power. 5. Off-the-chart spiritual energy. Abiona literally protects all travelers, children in particular, and safeguards those leaving this world and the transition into the next. She ensures that all aspects of the transition has her blessing for those that deserve it and can manipulate the lines of fate. The aspects of people's lives en masse at any given time as well can be altered on a whim. Abiona's spiritual connections also means that her power is imbued by other goddesses such as Adiona and ultimately supercharges her capability to serve as both the spirit and physical realms, without being physical herself. Warding 5 No amount of spirit summoning or spells can summon Abiona for the wrong reasons. She cannot be thwarted by any means at a human level, and her role and responsibility as a spirit warrants no intervention from other spirits either. So as far as goddesses go, Abiona has no competition, can sense disingenuous thoughts that would provoke her into a position where she could be manipulated or outsmarted, and she is positioned in such a way spiritually where she cannot be reached by humans beyond that sacred communication space. As a goddess spirit, All warding communications and attempts will be on her terms and her terms alone. She is highly protected. Threat level? 15 out of 25. Rated medium. Lastly, would a human be able to take it on? No. I mean, that's sort of a given, but I want to explain why. The attempt to harm Abiona would be futile in every aspect. Nothing we can do physically can harm her because of her spirit form and the warding defense of reading thoughts and feelings plus only specifically being able to request protection places Abiona in a defense position by nature. Nothing could be done to reach her beyond requesting her help, and for a good reason as well. Despite the fact that she poses a medium threat, which is admittedly notable, Abiona doesn't act on that threat and never will. Zero intention to cause chaos, thank goddess, despite her ability to do so. And that's it for today's episode, my Sprite listeners. I hope you enjoyed your three spiritual codecs. We had an old person vampire, a youth-absorbing disease spirit, and a goddess spirit that cares for travelers, children, and all things coming and going. Join me next Friday for some more of this kind of episode. If you have time, and only if you have time, please leave me an iTunes review. And if you want to support me, visit my Patreon page. I want to thank my patrons now. So to you lovely listeners, I won't keep you from your next episode or your next podcast. So if you're signing out, have a wonderful weekend. My first patron is my old Nighty titan, Maya, spirit cat of dreams. The spirit of Maya lives in every single cat, specifically their dreams. As cats enter their slumber from knocking things off shells, annoyingly hissing at random objects, leaping from and to locations that are really, really way out of their ability to do so, Maya's spirit reaches deep into every cat that closes their eyes and dreams of another world. A world just like theirs, but with the freedoms and luxury of smashing objects without repercussions, hissing at objects that would run away in fear, and landing every leap they attempt. Maya, the spirit of a cat's dream. The Keeper of a cat's solace. My white tea warlord, Solstra, the candle sprite. Have you ever lit a candle for it to quickly snap out of flame and its flickering light just fizzle out? What about having that very same candle dwindle to nothing after only lighting it, then for some reason just spring back to life You've just met your candle sprites, playing tricks on humans and messing with us since the first time we could bring those sprites into existence by simply lighting that candle up. Enjoy them, have fun with them, and always enjoy what mischief those little candle sprites get up to. My next white tea warlord, Leza, the door guardian spirit. Ever locked your keys out of your house? Reaching for your pockets and... Oh, crap. I've left it inside, haven't I? Then, out of sheer frustration, you reach for the door handle and click. It opens. What luck, you say. The door must not have been closed all the way, despite being locked a moment ago. Maybe you need new locks, or maybe it was the door guardian giving you a saving grace. These little spirits understand those that they serve and protect them from their own follies. Be thankful, and they will always help you in return. And my next white tea warlord, Paige Kramer, the Sound Rock Spirit. If you're ever walking through the forest and you spot a tiny cluster of purple and yellow rocks, be very quiet. You've just found a group of sound rock spirits. They are little spirits that pop up every now and then, twinkle and dingle their own little songs, mimicking birds and animals all around them. Sometimes they may notice you and jump into your pockets, a gift from the spirit realm to keep you happy. It's said that one rock alone will bring you fortune for years. And whatever you try your hand at, will be made easier than ever and twice as enjoyable. Look out for those spirit rocks. And my amazing Earl Grain Forces, Just Heather, Juicebox Andy, Peter Affili, Dolphin and Cow, Michelangelo Yacone, Divided by Zero, Leah Fasig, and Alia Arcane, thank you all and have a wonderful weekend and I'll see you amazing people next Monday. As always, mates, till next we meet.